Welcome! My name is Michael Yorty, and I'm a musician, artist, producer, engineer, content creator. Thanks for checking out State of My Art Podcast, where I chat with fellow creatives about their projects, journey, and message to give you ideas, inspiration, and a little entertainment. Week number 22, episode 22, I sit down and chat with my good friend, John Safari, at my new favorite taco shop here in Santa Ana, Taqueria Zaragoza. John Safari is an event producer slash promoter based here in Orange County, California. He's booked my bands since 2014 at various venues from backyard shows to Anaheim House of Blues under his fast growing company, Orange County Music League. He's also a very efficient stagehand for some big productions around town. And on top of that, he's a big part of an awesome nonprofit organization called Artists United to End Homelessness. Definitely check them out on Facebook and see how you can help. Links are in the description. Without further delay, my conversation with John Safari took place on the patio of Taqueria Zaragoza here in Santa Ana, California on January 6th, 2020. All right, we are really doing it. Welcome to the show. Mr. John Safari, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, how's it going, everybody? Thanks for being on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we are here at Taqueria Zaragoza. Mm, phenomenal tacos, by the way. They are the best. They did not stand a chance. They hooked us up with some tacos, and they were so delicious that um, for the first time, we didn't waste an entire episode having a conversation about we what we could have on the podcast because uh, we were stuffing our faces with delicious tacos. Yeah, it, our mouths were very occupied. <laughs> so, Santa Ana. This is where uh, it all began for our working relationship. Yeah. Santa Ana was like the Carpador the first time, or was that Diego's? I don't even remember. It was like five, six years ago. Yeah, I can't remember what the first place was that you booked me here. So John Safari is a promoter. I should have mentioned that. Um, and you also got really involved in the AV world. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, they work hand in hand. And after doing, um, I, I always I always considered myself more of an event producer than promoter because I don't just book a band and promote them. I like to make the whole venue, wherever I'm at, whatever space it is, an actual event with lights, fog machines, you know, like create an environment, maybe theme the show so that people feel like they're included in a part of the environment, not just watching somebody play their music, you know. Um, it's a great that, idea. And that, that, that really came from... Um, just so many bars that we were doing shows at and small places that it's just dark and there's nothing to like make you feel like you're a part of the event um and so then naturally um getting into audio visual and some of the bigger music festivals i started running all the labor for the big shows on the beach for a couple of years and it was just kind of natural to go learn more about the production side of things because that's what i'm equally as excited about as promoting new music right for sure that's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of how I got my start in the AV world, which I'm still very new at. Um, but I wanted to have an awesome light show. I wanted to have uh, backtracks and a video wall. And um, I didn't, you know, couldn't afford a video wall, yeah. but I would just project video yeah. uh, elements uh, to my show. And then um, I don't know if you know Adam Cisco. Uh, I don't think he's so. a he's a producer. Um, engineer down in uh santee 
and uh, San Diego area and um, Jesse uh, who I met through uh, well I met Adam Cisco through Jesse uh, you know Jesse yeah. obviously um, so they kind of got me into it and um, we did some gigs together and I finally you know set up a video wall and all that stuff and my height came in handy oh super handy times. we don't even yeah. need a ladder with you around yeah, yeah very <laughs> very rarely if, if I do I'm on like, like the bottom the two steps step, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but yeah like I was like oh well you know all of that hard labor that was sometimes for nothing was actually for something because oh, yeah. I learned a lot from it and I uh, enjoy those the days fly by doing they AV do. work yeah I mean it's it's fun work it's not too hard but it's consistent and you know it's like my biggest quarrel with any job I've ever had is I'm just fucking standing around I don't want to stand around I want to do something like and, you know get the project done I thought you meant consistent in that you'll always have work and um, here we are in the well, pandemic <laughs> well usually I would have meant that kind of consistency right. but you know <laughs> yeah. uh, as we were starting to touch on earlier I was supposed to go on tour uh, with Green Day this year as their assistant stage manager and their loading dock guy uh, I was in 23 countries over 5 months like yeah. and um, you know four, 3 weeks before I flew to England for rehearsals uh, the road took all of the jobs not just that one so wow dude yeah and you know we're, we're all we're all hope, hopefully optimistic uh, last March right like oh yeah it'll be a couple months and we'll be back to normal and here we are approaching March again with um, absolutely no clue of what's gonna happen so yeah I mean with everything we were talking about hockey earlier too yeah. uh, whether that's gonna start up but with live music it's like yeah I don't know if there's gonna be more Outdoor stuff. Have you done any of the outdoor stuff? Drive-through, drive-ins. I, I'm currently actually doing a drive-in movie theater, okay. um, which the last weekend is this weekend coming up. We did it for the last three weekends, four weekends total, um, for the holiday season, which is just a big video wall on a stage. Um, you know, so I, it, at least it was some kind of production. I've had a good time with it, but it's like I want to have a band on that stage, not a video wall with a, yeah, yeah. a movie from 1987 playing. You know, I mean, it's cool. I'm enjoying it, but so it's not the big, same. How big is that video wall? 40 feet wide by 20 feet tall. Okay. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Some Ramstein shit. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. No. <laughs> so we were supposed to see them this year, and they got taken away, too. Damn oh, it. really? Yeah, they, they, were, they were coming out here, I want to say, in August. Damn, that's on my bucket list, man. I gotta see Damn, that band. Man, I haven't seen them, but I had tickets and. Oh. Yeah, this year, this year's been the the hurry up and wait, and your plans don't mean anything. Yeah. Um, sincerely, the world. Uh, <laughs> that's a bummer, dude. Things yeah. were finally like starting to really pan out for you. Yeah, and you know, I promoter wise and, and band wise, um, we found a really cool groove doing stuff at the House of Blues in Anaheim in their Paris room, which I I personally think is the best room for smaller local up and coming bands in Orange County and great show yeah thank you for doing that for us that was amazing I I, I love doing shows in that place everybody from the fans to the staff to the bands leaves happy Mm -hmm. it's like almost you'd have to really suck to not almost sell the place out it's like everybody enjoys going there and it it feels more like an event you know which is what I'm again going back to being an event producer not just a promoter like I want you to like keep that ticket because it was a night that you Mm -hmm. remember you know not just come see this band you know yeah, and that like goes along with what I always say about perception. It's mm-hmm. like the crowd perceives their friends, their you know the fans that mm-hmm. they you see them in this uh, world of you know they look like rock stars to them, and yeah. they leave the show um, looking forward to the next show, which is yep. really important. Whereas, 100%. sometimes when we play these like pizza bars and stuff, 
they're fun. Like the bands get it, mm-hmm. but to the normal person just going to a show, they're like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if that band has what it takes to make it. You know, yeah. they, they don't. So they don't believe don't. it subconsciously because of the, the atmosphere and the environment, right? Right. Uh, and and uh, it's whenever, and even for the artist, right? When you play that show at the House of Blues and you get the ticket and it has your name on it, like that does something to you as well, you know? For it, sure. It, it, it helps to kind of uh, legitimize the work that you've been putting in in order to get to that spot. Not to mention the food and drinks backstage uh, yeah. and the, <laughs> the, the, the professional green, staff. The, the real green room experience, the stagehands helping you load your the, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like you, you actually feel like, oh man, why can't this be every show? Why can't <laughs> I do this every day? Yeah. And it inspires and motivates you to get to that level too yeah, that's absolutely. what it does for me yeah absolutely and I've, I've had a lot of fun times in that green room watching the, the big room on the TV eating our burger bar yeah um but you know I think um, To touch on that even more Like my favorite part About those shows Is just how much fun Everybody has You know From yep. the bands To the fans Like exactly. everybody's in a good mood Like there's nobody In a bad mood After that show Right You know It's a, it's a win or win 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 All around Yeah So uh, Definitely can't wait Till we can get back To doing that But who knows Yeah that's just it man. The last show That I played um, As Rosedale Was a House of Blues San Diego uh, On their big main stage And it was like So amazing Not you know obviously not knowing any of this was coming but yeah. I look back at that moment like wow that I'm lucky that you know everything happened just in time for me mm-hmm. um, but also wow I want to get back to that and then two or three months before that was the Parish Room show Man. so so yeah your last couple shows were like ah I'm getting up that ladder that I've been trying to climb for so long and yeah and then the carpet just gets pulled out from under you yeah, but, but at the same time, I was kind of um, due to take a step back and go into development. I'm rebranding, changing the name. So it okay. kind of worked out for me where everyone is kind of stuck away from climbing up the ladder. Yep. Uh, so right, we're all on a level playing field, at least. Yeah, right, so when I get, kind of. Like, I mean, no, nobody's situation is very unique this year for a change. Right, right. right. Should be interesting when everything comes back because yeah. I know that booking shows, booking tours was really tough for me because... A lot of these venues want, you know, 200 people in their venue at least. Yeah. And I'm not able to do that on my own. I got And, and to find the right local bands to do that, to rent out a place is really tough. Especially so, in markets that you're not familiar with, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, having guys like you to help me out was huge. Um, but when things get back, a lot of these venues are probably not even going to be there. Well, they're not going to be there. Um, a lot of them. And then the, the House of Blues ones, I mean... I don't know. There's two theories. One, one that I think is more likely is that everyone's going to be knocking on their door, like, "Hey, we can sell this place out," yep. and and they're going to get booked before the DIY touring yep. guy. The other theory is <laughs> locals are going to have the upper hand because they're going to be able to open all these shows, and there's not going to be a lot of traveling touring acts mm-hmm. because there's going to be so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So for the I kind of lean a little bit more towards that one myself. And these did the very beginning when things open because the things that are going to open are going to be the smaller, the smaller things that can accommodate safe spaces, if you will, right? Um, Healthy, safe spaces, not the other kind. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> um, but so I, I feel like it, at least for the first four to six months of things, like, slowly opening, because it's not just going to all open at once, right? Like, that's going to be when the locals have the opportunity to kind of capture that. 
um, that that uh, attention of the venues, if you will, by what mm. they can do in those first couple of months because everybody's itching to go out. It really shouldn't be hard to sell out a show. Yeah, yeah, I, I would hope so, unless people are still afraid oh, for I mean, whatever if reason. If we just market in Huntington Beach, we'll be okay, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's There's true. There's plenty of places that people still just don't care and mm-hmm. just want to go out. So I don't really, I mean, I, I was uh, visiting my best friend in Texas um, in September for his birthday, and I went to a socially distanced music festival with like Nelly and Snoop Dogg and they had three of them at the same time in different cities and so in between sets it was really long changeover so they could sanitize the stage and do everything safely and they would stream the set from the other show that they had going on on all the video walls so so you still watched a full set but it just was at the other place and that way everywhere was able to follow all the protocols you had your own little like 7 by 7 square you could bring your own lawn chair and all of your concessions and merch was done on this app that was location based for the event, wow. and then somebody would just bring things to your, you know, in a tray, like totally to your square. To your square, totally. The only reason you left was to go to the porta potty, and, wow. and it worked flawlessly. Like there yeah. was no issues, and so, um, you know, coming back to California, I'm just like, well, why can't we do this here? Like it literally just, it just worked in Texas, perfectly fine. Everybody. Like followed the rules, you know, and, yeah. like, and I went just as much to see how this thing worked as mm-hmm. to go see live music, you know. Sure, yeah. And um, I ended up having a really good time, like, and and being like leaving there, being like, damn, there is a way that we can adapt to this safely, but it's just not, and everybody's not on the same page. Yeah, that's I mean, that's the big big problem with a lot of things. Yeah, but that's the future, man. Maybe mm-hmm. that is the future of. Like, I gotta tell you, man, as a 31 year old now, it was kind of cool to be able to sit down in a lawn chair. Yeah. Like and not <laughs> have, have people space. and not have, have people bumping into me and and, and uh, I've had a couple instances this year and I'm like oh man I'm getting old I'm turning into the oh why is the party going on next door guy I'm like, and I'm, I think it's just uh, an inherent jealousy that I'm not the one hosting the party I think that's really what it comes down to a little bit of envy there <laughs> no I get that too and I get the noise thing too I mean even being stuck back at my parents' house for the last seven months of this year yeah it's like man, why do these people get up so early? Why is it so loud? My brother stomps. It's like, <laughs> I sleep better on the road. I sleep better in my van. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm becoming that old guy. He's like, turn down that noise. And at a show, I'm like, I kind of prefer to be up in the box uh, yeah. watching the show from there. Yeah, it was unique because I'm always in the mosh pit. I'm always, like, when I go to shows and you're not allowed to. So I ended up really enjoying the having my own space. And, and I can see a lot of other people really enjoying that. And, you know, like, there's not as many people that in their 30s that still go in mosh pits like me and then deal yeah. with it for weeks after with the pain. But Don't get me wrong. When it's a band that I know every word, mm-hmm. I gotta be front row. Yep. I gotta see everything going on. Yep. But I'm the first person to get asked, "Can you move? You're blocking the view. You're too tall." So I, skyscraper. Over like here. this year, I've gotten that way less than ever, uh, <laughs> just because you know people don't want to like remove their mask to ask a question or talk <laughs> or talk to a stranger. So it's that's starting to come back finally, and that's how you know it's a good sign that we're getting yep. back to normal. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I'm running this drive-in movie gig, and then two weeks after, I have, like, this conference that they're using the wall on the stage, but it's still, like, I'm working with the stage now again after eight months, so, like, it's kind of promising, right? But um, At least I'm doing something I like instead of demolition on houses. Oh, is that what you do on the side? That's what I was doing, just, like, some under-the-table on the side, you know, keep myself busy stuff, which, you know, it was cool. I learned new stuff about how to fix my house, but, you you know, I mean, it wasn't pointless, but it's definitely not fun. 
Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, changing a band over in in seven minutes on a massive stage is fun, even though it's hard. You know. Yeah. And Especially if if you're good at it, and you yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. It's a it's a fun game. Uh, that that brings me to um, uh, some ideas that I want to pull out of you for okay. this crazy ambitious video game that comes up a lot on the podcast and. I'm sorry if people are getting annoyed with this now, but uh, I have this idea where you're an artist that, you know, starts in a garage with your friends maybe, and then uh, it's kind of like Tony Hawk Pro Skater where you got to keep leveling up and do all these side missions to, like, get okay. your band on the pay-to-play show, and then you got to sell that out and sell tickets and hustle tickets and promote on your phone. The menu is your phone screen. And then eventually, you know, you work your way through, like, the Warp Tour parking lot and play Warp Tour, and, like, Warp Tour is this, like, thing that still exists in the video game and it's kind of like uh way better i mean if we're making up a game and it's yeah. big there better be a warp tour man rip and then <laughs> you know you got to like please the the stage hands and the sound guy and that's uh all part of like the side two percent of the game you're actually playing music the rest yep. of it is like Beer loading gear down the stairs yeah. and all that and all the <laughs> side quests are like you got to balance yeah, the it's gear. Like a video game about our lives exactly <laughs> yeah yeah, just build build a game around everything that I've been through uh, to even get to this point, and then eventually, yeah. you know, maybe you're playing uh, main stage Warp Tour or 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 Riot Fest or something. Um, so yeah, that reminded me of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, you have to load fifty base cabs up two flights of stairs before you can get to the next level. <laughs> Yeah, or you, or you don't play that night. So it's gonna be a tough game. There's gonna be a lot of people quitting, much like the music industry. Oh, yep. <laughs> but yeah to touch on like you know doing uh, other gigs on the side because of covid from mm -hmm. covid that's kind of you know what inspired me to finally start the podcast because it was in the back of my mind for like two years yeah and i was doing blogs from the road just to like you know get my story out there and let people experience you know what i'm doing uh, on a weekly basis It was really tough To keep up with weekly yep. Much like this podcast But now I have the time To do it And I'm getting quicker at it um, But yeah I was like You know I don't want to If anything I, I lost a lot of income From COVID yep. And this doesn't Generate anything But at least I'm able to like Start the next chapter yep. with, with something well, And it, come, it comes With staying relevant Too You know yeah, and, yeah. and I've kind of Struggled with that Between You know On the promoter side Like everybody Starts doing these Live stream shows And, and I think I was still Like holding on To the hope That this wasn't Going to last This fucking long mm -hmm. um, And I didn't really You know I'm not excited Watching somebody Play music In their lockout studio you know and, and maybe other people enjoy it But I don't think they do um, Or even a big production Live stream venue Which where I was working At, at that, that warehouse yeah. In, in uh, Carlsbad It became that And it was, they were awesome Yeah um, But I don't know How promising that is To like sell tickets for Yeah And all that I mean if you're not known yet And you're not doing it For a charity I don't see it really Panning out Mm. Um, and, and like I've, I've bought two tickets For online shows Because my favorite band August Burns Red And they played Their first album In its entirety On one of them They've never done that And they never will live Right So it's like I'll buy a ticket for that because I get to see this whole album from front to back played in a full production sound studio. There you go. Would, yeah. I, would I pay to see their touring set? Uh, no, I wouldn't. You oh, know? really? Like, no, I don't think I would because 
I go oh, to see their, their, yeah, their like if they were just going on tour and just playing a regular set, I probably wouldn't have paid for that. For you the know? stream, you mean? Yeah, for the stream. But you'd yeah. go see them live. Absolutely, yeah. I, every single time. I usually see them twice because they'll play LA and San Diego, you know? Like, nice. But yeah, I'll always go to the show. Sure. But because it was unique and special um, of that album, album front to back, that, yeah. that, get, that gives incentives. So I, I do see that there's ways that you can use that and utilize that, but I think you already need to have a pretty widespread fan base, you know, in order to make that happen. For sure. And then um, something that we've run into with running the drive-in movie theater um, and and people who I've talked to who are doing drive-in concerts, like some people's cars have the worst sound system ever. And if you're doing it via FM transmitter, like... Is that how they do it? Yeah, I'm just doing it. I have no audio. It's just a transmitter to your to your car radio. No mains... No speakers at all. No. So, so, oh, so, but so, this is a movie theater. Movie. But some of the drive-ins do, but some of them don't. So, like, the drive-ins they were doing at the Grove in Anaheim, yeah. they had actual speakers. For um, movies or live for, music? For music. Oh, for but music, but yeah. some of the music, like, in the beginning only was doing FM transmitter. And it's on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's crazy. It's like legit. I mean, that's pretty the, cool. The FM transmitter. Um, it, it seems like it's really hard to set up, but I set it up in like five minutes, and it, it's amazing. Wow! Yeah, like I'm totally gonna buy one of those this if year. If anything, that's like more real time than the yeah, delay of it being is. It is a thousand feet away. But yeah, and from sending it through the speakers, and then you know, delay from fucking data transfer time and everything like that. Yeah. Like, wow. It, it's pretty much instantaneous. You just have like an antenna on top of the trailer. See, I think that is gonna be. A thing of the future I do too For sure I, I, I do too I do think that that will Kind of catch on In a sense And I, I like the drive-in movie vibe Like yeah, it's I've cool I've always loved that I, I remember going to When I was a kid And like I've had so many people Come to the one That I'm running right now And be like Man that was my first Drive-in movie theater Experience That was so cool And it's like it gives you a little bit of that dopamine, right? Of like, oh, we made people happy with an event, even though it's not what we would usually do, and and it's got that satisfaction For level sure. in it. But um, I think that that's gonna stick. I think driving movies are gonna be around for a while again because yeah, like, the technology to do them is so much better than it used to be when they were a thing. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I mean, driving down here, mm-hmm. I probably saw five mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been there. Oh, yeah, they're all pop-ups. They're all in response to trying to do something. Some of them are sponsored by the movie theaters. I know the one at the Irvine Spectrum is sponsored by the Comedy Club, and they're having like drive-in com- stand-up comedy on the parking structure roof, which is super rad. I've always wanted to have a show on the top of a parking structure. Yeah, like, is that where these venues are going to end up if this gets worse? Um, I would say... Anywhere that has the space to do it should do it right now if they can because it's not going to be normal inside for a long time even with slow rollouts of vaccines, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if if what we've seen is any um, inclination of what we're about to see, it's going to be till this time next year before anything looks like it used to normal, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and, and that's different. People are buying everything online. People aren't going to work. Um, they're they're working from home, which I think is a great idea. And that, a lot of that's going to stick too. I, I, I hope it does because yeah. it's better for everybody who's, who's doing those jobs. It's better for the freeways and traffic with the overcrowding. And it's like better for the environment. Like yeah. the air quality in LA is the best it's ever been. Right. So you know, there's a lot of good that came mm-hmm. from it, man. Absolutely. And I, even for live music, if I'm playing drive-in shows for the rest of my life. 
I think I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Especially with how much I like big production and flashing lights. Yeah, exactly. The flashing lights, man. And big stages. <laughs> yeah. The stages will be bigger. Yeah. I'm a big dude. I don't like playing house shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Head hitting a chandelier when every time you're doing a jump. But that's another thing that I was talking about with my buddy is um, house shows are probably going to be um, a big, making a big... Yeah. Um, out in the desert, like the high desert area, there was a ton of stuff going on over the summer. And then it gets too cold for them to do stuff outside. Um, mm-hmm. But there was already a lot of that kind of stuff going on, and and you know I've I've teetered back and forth. Oh, I'll just go do a desert rave, and then and then I watch a couple other people do terrible jobs at desert raves, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this because I'll be associated with these people. And gotcha, it's yeah. it, you know it it's we all need to hold right, but it, some people can't at some point because they can't afford to pay their bills and they're gonna lose everything. And like everybody, we're in the same storm, but not the same boat. You know, everybody's got a different circumstance of why they need to do what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I and I feel like everybody makes it out to be like they're being malicious and they don't care, but it's not. Like they got no. bills to pay and they're not getting the help they need. So. And not only that, you can be innovative, innovative like that, uh, yep. like that Texas show mm-hmm. you went to. Yep. And that had, sounds like it was. They had three of them in a row, like at the same time in three different cities in Texas, and they had it for three nights in a row, and so it was able to be limited capacity, but still have the draw. Of like a full festival and mm-hmm. there's ways to do it that that work but you know you have to have your government work with you and california is not on our side so so i was in florida october november um Ooh. and i went with my family to see an outdoor abba cover band show and it was pretty terrible i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> i was expecting a production it's, yeah it's an and there was like 25 dollar tickets 30 dollar tickets um in the newspaper you just expect yeah it was in the paper and they're that price like yeah and like I've gone to see tribute bands in um big venues in my hometown and um and the production was big because it was a nice venue but now this is just outdoor in a park and it was literally just like a little pop-up stage and like a couple Mackies and a little sub (laughs) and the light show was just like red, green, blue and just just like on rotation yeah, yeah pink it was just like Oh man, this looks terrible. And but everyone was loving it because it's ABBA songs. And yeah, they delivered a decent performance. Um, you know, just standing there, uh, cover band style. Um, well, but mean, we were in bo- like squares, yeah, and you distanced and had to stay in your area. Or? They weren't strict well, they at all. Were, yeah, they weren't enforcing it probably. Right? It, it wasn't. Perf- it wasn't very professionally done like what you were saying yeah. there was no merchant or anything to handle oh wow because um, it was just a cover band right but um, you know I think people would look at that like you know why why do they even need to do this whereas what it, from what it sounds like to the concert you went to yeah. in, in Texas that sounds like totally reasonable and yeah people adapting to their circumstances and and how they need to. That was one of the things I was the most excited about, like, watching everything crumble. I was like, well, let's see some American ingenuity, you know? Like, we're gonna see some really cool things. I mean, Portland, they had a drive-through strip club, and if that doesn't scream America, like... (laughs) like, (laughs) Portland, Oregon, of all places. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they put up like tents like this one we're sitting under, and you can drive through it. And the strippers are over there, and they even had oh, little money drive through. I, yeah, yeah. drive through strip club, and they even had a little like money gun thing, like you could like like on. They put it somehow on the wheels um, on your hubcap, and like when you drove by, the money would like shoot out of your wheels. 
I don't know how no the hell they did way. that, but it was it was great. And and then and then there was a I think it was the same dude also started Boober Eats where he had the strippers delivering food to the customers. Wow. Because they were all independent contractors, couldn't qualify for unemployment and he didn't want to leave all of his fucking employees out to dry. And so he got creative. <laughs> you would think that, yeah, they would be the first to, you know, lose. I mean, especially because it's a sanitary virus thing. <laughs> yeah. You'd think that strip clubs would be like, hey, you're done. Yeah, you're done. You're done. But, but they found a way to change. They find a way to evolve quicker than musicians. They did. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Right away. I mean, I'm not surprised either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or adapt, I should say. But yeah, like <laughs> that'll. Uh, I mean, I guess that gives me hope. The, the yeah. Texas show that you went to, yeah. it gives me hope that things are coming around. Yeah, uh, and just how do I get how do I get my foot in the door? Yeah, <laughs> well, um, not being in California is like the number one because all these things that are being successful are happening everywhere but here. It's true. You know, there's all these drive-in comedy things. There's a uh, Bert Kreischer did a tour. I think he was like the first one to do the drive-in thing, and he like went out like two months after the lockdown and was doing these drive-ins, and everybody kind of started picking that up um but it's mainly like middle america you know um florida obviously they don't care at all but um it's not anything in california you know i mean it's a lot of the the midwest that wasn't i guess hit as hard per capita in the first place too you know right and and yeah like you said it's uh looked at by a lot of people as being irresponsible yeah. especially when they see that state's numbers go up yeah. or or whatever um you know the news portrays yeah, to, to yeah people. Well, exactly whatever the news portrays doesn't even mean it's actually true right it's perception right right without you know jumping into politics because yeah, i don't need to do that I, I i have no clue um how uh the world is uh <laughs> is arguing right now but all i know is that i want music to come back and yeah. same if strippers can f- adapt and figure out a way to make that happen, then we should be able to do that as music well. Music should be able to happen, and you know, Canada is the same way. Canada, it's like everything is shut down, yeah. like beyond shut down. You can get an eight hundred dollar ticket for driving in a car with someone you don't live with. Wow! Well, we can pull you over and be like, "How do you know this person?" Find. Wow. <laughs> well, at least it ain't like that bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's I mean, it, it, I don't, I don't understand how shutting down outdoor dining helps, but you know, because obviously it hasn't helped for a month that these things have been closed. Yeah, it, it hasn't helped at all. So, well, I, I mean, I don't know the extent of the rules because I mean, here we are. You know, we just had some amazing food, mm-hmm. and we're able to have the podcast in front. Yeah, you can't, you can't eat here, but we can podcast here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess like I don't know, I don't. I don't think they're doing it illegally, you know? You go in there, you wear a mask, you order food, you come out here and eat it. Um, I don't know why a lot of places are uh, struggling around that. Maybe they don't have the room to well, do it outside. It, it, a, lot of, a lot of it comes with outdoor room, and depending on your location. Like here, like they have three parking spots, right? Some places in parking lots, they probably wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Or they got to get an extra permit, and they got to you know, pay extra money to do it. Down, down by where I live in, in Long Beach, all of the street parking is now actually built out patios because the city helped them with it but um, you know you gotta get a permit you gotta jump through all this red tape just to try to stay open after you've been closed and it, it and then and then they shut you down again after you've spent more money to try to stay open yeah that's rough man yeah alright this uh, this camera's gotta be got restarted. that camera reset yeah my uh, my Canon D7 does that too 30 minute limit yep 
I'm pretty sure there's a There's a setting in there somewhere cause There's a There's an app I think you can put on the Canon And you can do that on this too But for some reason with the A7 III You can't The only workaround is to get um, An external monitor Which you can record onto an SD card from But those are like 500 bucks Yeah But one of these days one of these days, the podcast will pay the bills. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, man, I'm stoked for hockey. Yeah, we talk a bit about that. Yeah, You're a Ducks man. fan, absolutely. Quack I, quack. I joined your ESPN yeah, fantasy league. Fantasy league. It's gonna be fun. I, I was like, man, I wonder if I can find ten people. And by the end of the day, it was full. I was like, okay, I should have done a few more, but oh, you can't <laughs> add more. I, I might. I'm gonna try because if I can, I know a couple more people want to join in. Oh, I was gonna say, if you want to join Safari's fantasy yeah, league, well, join. But I guess you can't. Yeah. Well, I'm stoked to be a part of it. I've never yeah. done one. Yeah, I don't even it, know how it works. It, it's 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 fun. I, I didn't really do it for a while. I did it last year, and then um, right before the playoffs, um, the season ended, and so the playoffs didn't happen in the season, and I, I ended up winning both my leagues just by being the champion of the league. Nice. <laughs> and no playoffs needed, so I got to run that back and uh, actually get a real win this year. Nice. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I this is uh, the longest in my adult life that I haven't been to a hockey game on top of concerts, and at least I got that one concert in in September so yeah I think I think I was like a month away from the longest it's been since I went to a concert and I got to get that one in and in, in, right. uh, out in Texas but March 11th it's the last last hockey day of the game? season yeah I was at the game it was my oh, last nice. day of work and my last day of hockey I was building the Cirque du Soleil event in Costa Mesa nice and then that got stopped and canceled because of COVID and I left the, the gig like an hour early to make it to the game and it, it was the rescheduled game against the Blues because Ballmeister like died on the bench when they were playing a month before oh yeah and, and like I was like sitting there and like in between the whistle all of a sudden you just see everybody freak that. out they skate over to the bench like Getzloff like ripped to the Blues bench off of the bearings so that the medical staff could attend to him. It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen in a hockey game. Like, oh, and, shit. and when they released the stuff after, they go, yeah, he literally died on the bench and the medical staff in Anaheim brought him back to life. Wow. Yeah. And, and so that was the rescheduled game and like a couple hours after the game was over, they're like, yeah, the rest of the season's canceled. And I was like, oh man, what a sad day. I'll never forget 3-11-20. Wow. <laughs> I totally forgot that even happened because yeah. like, the pandemic took yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, that it, it, it was intense to like, watch, like, nothing ever happens on the bench after the play. The dude just skated for like a minute and a half, gets over there, and his heart stopped and just was, collapsed. Was it, what was it, like a heart attack? Yeah, it was a heart attack. His heart just stopped stopped working. And Damn. Yeah. If it wasn't for the them stopping that game and, and getting the medical staff over there, he would have died. Holy it was crazy. Shit. But, man, I, I watched that hockey game last night, and we, luckily we had the World Juniors, and woo, USA taking home the gold, number one, number oh, one. Wow, I didn't yeah, even know. I missed USA it. USA taking home the gold over Congrats. Canada, 2-0. It was a good game. They played wow. a pretty, pretty perfect game. It didn't, Canada outscored their opponents 44-4 to in the tournament. Yeah, it was like 16-1 against yeah. Germany or yeah, something crazy? Yeah, it was 44-4, and they hadn't let up a 5-on-5 five five goal in the whole tournament, and then the USA scored two 5-on-5 five five goals and shut them out. Wow. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. It's, I mean, it's fun just to watch hockey. I've never had a January without hockey. Yeah. You know, I didn't get to watch the Winter Classic when I was hungover this year on New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <same. laughs> well, yeah, man, I miss the Winter Classic. And that's another thing we were talking about is maybe hockey is going to have some outdoor games, and we're like, how are they going to do that in Southern California? Yeah. 
But I mean, it gets chilly at night, it especially does. this time of year. It does. If you have outdoor games and and this time of year when the sun's down before five, you got enough time to maybe maybe pull it off. Yeah, as long as you like. I just want to go to the game, so figure it out, guys. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta mean, bring my cowbell and be the loudest guy in the stadium. It's easy to be the loudest guy in an arena, but a stadium, it's well, it doesn't help that they're starting it in January this year, though, too, because by March it starts to warm up even yeah. at night. Yeah, but I don't know. I and mean, then maybe we flip over to getting an extra hour a day by the end of March, too, right? So maybe they could have daylight savings time. What a joke. Maybe, maybe they can it. make the players literally like in the in a bubble, like that bubble hockey game. Oh, the bubble hockey game. I so love maybe they can make the rink in a bubble so that it can stay cold in the bubble, oh, and then the audience can be wearing Here's shorts and t-shirts. American ingenuity. Right here. <laughs> this is Canadian ingenuity, actually, ladies and gentlemen, straight out of Toronto. The biggest <laughs> bubble ever built. Yeah. Hey, you know, there, there's something to that because they have those people that have really sensitive skin. They can live in a bubble, right? So I think we might be onto something. There might be a, <laughs> they'd have to like have a, a, some sort of retina screen where it doesn't have a glare. But I mean, it would be what, looking through the mesh, which yeah. I've had to do the last since, the, since yeah. they introduced the mesh. Yeah, well, that was a good rule because I remember being in Madison Square Garden as a kid and watching a slap shot get tipped, go right over the back of the net, being some dude in the head who got carried out on a stretcher. Yeah, they didn't see the puck coming and then the asshole that was sitting next to him didn't even give the guy going to the hospital the puck. He kept the puck. Uh, yeah, he kept the puck. I was like, oh man, what a guy. Yeah. But it was after that girl died in Columbus right. though, that they that they like had to do something about it. But. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, a glass bubble, you don't even need that mesh. Yeah, hey, no mesh, a better shot. Just photographers and players and coaches yep. inside the bubble. Yeah, so you, NHL, NBA, y'all taking notes on this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I've just been seeing some of the college football games. Like packed. Packed. Yeah. In like Georgia and stuff. Yep. Crazy man. Yeah, and it, it it doesn't make much sense that everybody's doing something different and expecting a, a cohesive result. But, right. I mean, it's kind of somewhat the definition of insanity a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah. So when do you think you're going to start AV gigging again? Um, who's got the gigs? I'll work today. Uh, <laughs> like, have you done any um, um, online? Uh, assistance, I guess you can call it, with like Zoom no, conferences or anything. No, I've done a little bit. Um, you know, I, I still do uh, work with the homeless, so the group called Artists United and Homelessness. Um, awesome. Um, so we do have like uh, bi-monthly Friday night Zoom meeting chat, okay. which isn't really a meeting; it's more of our online show because everybody that's involved is an artist to some extent, whether they're doing poetry or music or paintings, and and all of us use some of that art um, and artistic talent to. Talk touch on the issue of homelessness and so we kind of share the things that we've created that's pretty much the only thing I've done online um we did get back into the studio um Calico Music Studios out in Temecula and we recorded um our like unplugged studio sessions we started doing that again we used to do a couple of years ago at Reamp in Santa Ana nice um, so we got like 14 different songs from 5 different artists or 6 different artists that uh, we're going to start releasing here at the end of the month once a week cool um, I, I prefer personally like produced content over a live stream because it's something Same. that the artist can use for the longevity of that song you know sure. um, versus oh here watch the same live stream that you watched like, and you back know. to the perception of the yep. no, normal people from the outside looking in don't understand yeah. you know that in, in live in person you're a lot more accepting of mistakes than mm. when you're watching a, a mixed down yeah. live stream but. yeah and so like we, I like to bring bands in uh, you know 
not a lot of people know of yet, but they have some really good songs, but then make them do it acoustic. And, um, and we, we live record that in the studio, and cool. we have three camera angles on them. Um, and so those, those are fun, and I, I enjoy doing those a lot more than like a live stream type, like virtual concert, if you will, because now this artist has that forever. So, so how, how could bands get on that? Um, basically, you just have to reach out to me, send me a song that you think. Um, obviously, if you have something new that's coming out, um, uh, you know, new promotion for a new song is probably always the, the way to go. But yeah. um, I'm probably only going to be doing recording once every other month on something like that, and there'll yeah. be like a weekly, like a weekly thing that comes out. So really just reach out to me on Facebook, John Safari, or you can look up the Music League on Instagram or, or on Facebook. Um, but um, and, and that's something I want to do in multiple studios. I've done them in a couple of different studios, and it's cool to have the, you know, you have like a different setting and a different vibe for each artist that you're going to be doing. So, yeah. um, And then that, again, is something that you can use three years from now. For sure. Yeah. Um, instead of like, hey, look at our masked, uh, <laughs> our masked live stream. Right. right. What, how about three years from now when you're looking in your jacket pocket and you find an old mask and you're like, oh man, well, let's not talk about that here. I hope that's the case. <laughs> I hope masks are a thing of the past. Do you do all the editing for it then too? Um, I, I have one of my guys do the editing. I'm thinking about starting to do it myself because I have so much free time on my hands. Which I don't know what to do with. Um, besides rollerblade at the beach and go kayaking in the bay. So you know, it's got a hard life right now. <laughs> play roller hockey? Um, I, I, I'm going to start doing that again, but I'm actually going to play ice hockey as soon as the men's leagues open up. Because yeah. I never can because I'm always working music on Sundays, and that's when the games are. But right now, I might as well get a season or two in while, while there's no work on Sundays. There's some boot le bootleg um, prohibition leagues out there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the guy that I'm sharing a rehearsal room with, he's a referee, and he's like, yeah, I'm still working. The men's league that I ref for was like, no, we want to we want to play regardless. And they, they make more money doing it than what they'd be fined if they, you know, got caught. And they even get a warning first, apparently. Oh, so wow. they're like, whatever, we all yeah, want to do it, me so up. let's do it. Yeah, sign <laughs> me up. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, I was Is playing. That roller? No, that's ice. That's ice? Yeah, I can't find rollerblades my size. No, what but size are you? Uh, a roller, my hockey skates are, I think, 15 and a half. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I don't well, think I'd ever just, find roller Just uh, take your ice hockey boot and put a roller hockey chassis on it. Yeah, so my little brother did. You think it would work? Yeah, it works. Okay. Yeah, my little brother did that because he got the... Um, there's this new roller hockey chassis called the Mars Blade. Yeah. And it, like, simulates the, the rock that you get from the ice. And, it, like, it has... You know, like, it rocks a little bit instead of staying straight. Yeah. Um, and so I'll he put those on an, an old pair of his hockey his ice hockey boots. Yeah, because there's awesome, like, roller rink... Outdoor roller rinks around here. Yeah, there's like... one right down the street from my house, like, at, between the bay and the beach, like, in Long Beach. It's great. It looks fun. I yeah. used to just, like walk around and, and watch roller hockey when I was down here last time and I was like man I wish I could get rollerblades my size so it's good that I can and I was playing a lot of pickup hockey down here too yeah I haven't, I haven't ice skated in a while yeah yeah I mean, usually I'm working, like, and when right. I'm not working, I'm hosting shows. And, yeah, when and, live music was you know, out. When, when music was out, I was one of the busiest people I've ever met. You like, 10 know? shows a week. Yeah, and, like, how do you even do two shows a night? Well, I did it. Uh, <laughs> you have a team. It's not all me, you know? Right. But, um, but then, like, I mean, the craziest was last August. We were doing the Real Street Hip Hop Festival in the parking lot of the Honda Center, and then that's the, the Friday night that I had you guys on that show at the Paris. Oh, shit. So I was working 110-hour a week 
week on site at the festival and I had that show at the parish like luckily they were down the street from each other so I was still able to do both but I ended up on site for like 48 hours straight after that show like I just slept in my hammock for a couple little power hours but (laughs) that's nuts man Hey man, roadie life, it's fun You know, USS, understage sleep Some of the best you'll get Because you're exhausted <laughs> And we need to get you a reality show For your, your AV-ness Yeah man, just follow us around And it's nothing but jokes You know, and, and a lot of them might offend you But they're jokes <laughs> you know, Remember, they're jokes Don't roast the comedian Enjoy it or go home <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of that There's a lot of that right now You, you do know that he makes his living Of making jokes, right? Yeah, and he didn't <laughs> (laughs) mean that (laughs) well when things do come back uh if you ever need a tall extra hand yeah oh yeah man that i I would have saved me getting a 14 foot ladder if i had you on this gig you could have done it off the eight foot (laughs) yeah there's not many people who can get that fifth row of av wall up without a ladder yeah not very many (laughs) including me (laughs) like we were telling the taco guy earlier i'm used to being one of the tallest guys i'm around you and i feel short yeah, I do that to a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's uh, six nine over here, man. Put you on skates, you're like seven foot almost. Like, yeah, I'd probably be over seven feet. Yeah, same uh, as uh, same as Chara. Chara size, just not as thick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to. Uh, how do you feel gym? about Chara going to the Capitals? I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, Chara just went to the Capitals. So he's of, with Ovechkin. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. That power play is going to be intense. It's, it's going to be great. Him, him, and Carlson. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Even Carlson on D. Well, usually Ovechkin's playing the point on the power play too, isn't that's he? That's true. Yeah, but that, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, and then Lundqvist went there, but now he's out with heart surgery. Oh, really? Yeah, he's. I guess he's had a heart condition for years that he's like played through on the Rangers and can't play through it anymore. He has to have a heart surgery. Wow. Yeah. Damn, dude. Your hockey trivia is on point. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to do. I've yeah, been paying yeah. a lot of attention. Plus, I got this fantasy league I'm doing my draft research, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I got to get on that. Yeah. January 10th is well, when yeah, we... Uh, Sunday, pick- Sunday at noon, January 10th. Yeah. It's going down. I just know that I want Matthews. Yeah. I'm a sucker for the Leafs. Yeah. So... Well, we'll see what pick you get. He's, he's He always goes in top five this year, so... Yeah. We can wrap it up. We're at like 45 minutes. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for being well, on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it's good to see you doing something to stay relevant and, and keep the creative juices flowing. Thank you to uh, Takaria uh, Zaragoza. 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 And I practice saying that like for 10 minutes on the way here. And then I pull up and the sign is uh, not Takaria. Taco- uh, uh, <laughs> what is it? Taco- I don't know. I've lived here for 20 years and I'm still terrible at this. Anyways, I went to the taco truck yesterday in Santa Ana by my place, and I, I had to go back for dinner because it was so damn good. I hit them up, and they were like, yeah, come by for some food. Oh, they're incredible, man. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're the best. We were just talking about it on the podcast how good they are right now. <laughs> Get an orchata. The orchata's good, too. Yeah. Well, right on, John Safari. Yeah, Thanks right. for being on. Thanks, um, Mike. And uh, so, what's the what's the uh, do you have a name for Rosedale? Or you, you it's funny. It's funny that you said skyscraper earlier, um, talking about my height, because that was like one of the front runners. But there, I think, is a hardcore band called Skyscraper, mm. and you know the movie with the Rock. Uh, it's called Skyscraper. Mm, yeah, it shows up on Google searches. Yeah, so I'm trying, just trying to find something really search optimizable, but also um, interesting and fun. So it's been tough. Yeah. Uh, I have a bunch of ideas just floating in an email draft that I'm like, eh, I could roll with that. 
but it's tough, man. It's, you know, yeah. naming a song is easy. Naming an album is easy, but when it's something that is like one thing it's defining, forever. It's going to define everything that comes out of that, that project, absolutely. Yeah, Main Sales going through the same thing. They're changing their name, and we got to trademark it, and it's yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's not cheap. No, trademarking, and yeah, it's a process. Do you have uh, OCML trademarked, or? No. No? You just own all the tags? Yeah, I just own all that. And then I, I have the um, the Music League LLC, which is like the, the umbrella. Nice. So, um I don't know. I changed the logo so much to tell what it was. I was like, if I would have trademarked everything, I would have screwed myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I dig it. And I feel like that's enough. It's like, yeah. as long as you get all the handles, the website, yeah, the LLC. I, I, I own everything through the state as a business. If you look up the business, it's under my name. So, cool. you know, use my thing and let me sue you. That'd be fun. Right <laughs> well, yeah, I'll put all that in the description too. Um, everyone should join OCML, Orange County Music League. Uh, it's the umbrella for a lot of amazing bands down here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, once music's back. Man, I can't wait to get back to it. Once it's back, we're going to hit it really hard because I miss throwing shows and creating environments where people can escape their shitty lives. <laughs> and uh, I think all of us collectively need to escape that shitty year last year. So uh, as soon as we can come back, we're going to have some fun stuff. Right on. Agreed. Well, thanks again. All right, man. Thank you. Ah, we're in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. You said it best, Mr. Safari. Big thanks again to Taqueria Zaragoza for supplying some of the best tacos I have ever bit into. As always, thanks to Vocalese for taking care of our voices and well-being. And thank you for checking out this episode of State of My Art Podcast. If you'd like to see more episodes like this one, please go ahead and subscribe and click the notify bell on YouTube if you haven't already. Follow on Instagram and Spotify or wherever you're hearing this. And I'll see you next week for another episode of State of My Art Podcast. <laughs>